Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm actually, now. You're actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no man. You know, got to be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Me You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at GridironStud. And now, your host, Chad Turn my mic up, please. Welcome to the Gridiron Stud Show on, uh, it, what is it, Wednesday, November 16th, 2016. Chad Wilson here with you to talk high school and college football and anything sports over the next hour here on the show. If you want to join me on the show today, the number to call is 347-633-9365, 347-633-9365. Uh, also, you, please do follow the new Twitter account for the Gridiron Stud Show at GIS Show BG at GIS Show BG. If you have any questions or comments on the show today, feel free to uh, reach out to me on Twitter. But I'll be happy to take your phone calls today. So uh, if you have an opinion on some things or something you want to get off your chest, feel free to reach out today. All right. What do we have going on in the world of college, high school, even the NFL. I got to start the show off with this. I know I'm going to talk high school and college football uh, and college football recruiting on the show today, but um, in a kind of a way this might relate. If you haven't had an opportunity to catch the comments uh, or the press conference that was given by Tony Romo yesterday, I know if you're not a Cowboys fan, you say, what in the world would I want to listen to that for? But there's a lot that applies in there, especially if uh, you are the parent of an athlete or a current, you know, high school football player right now. 
uh, there is a lot for you to take away from there. If you happen to be a high school football player, which I don't know how you would be uh, listening to this show right now because you should be in class uh, listening. But if you are listening to the archive version of this show, uh, you'd, you'd, you'd be in your best interest uh, to listen to that press conference. There's so much that can be taken away from that press conference that can help you help your team and help you be a quality football player. Uh, I'm sorry I don't have the sound clip. It's uh, something that I should have had. But, you know, again, you can, I'll leave that to you folks out there to go find that. Go search it out and listen to it. Ultimately, what Tony Romo is basically saying is that uh, it's Dak Prescott's time now. And he doesn't want to be a distraction to this football team. It's clear to him and everyone else that's watching that something magical is going on with the Dallas Cowboys right now. And that for him to go and insert himself in there and make demands on the team, the uh, management, the, the head coach, that he should be in there when they're currently moving in the way that they are, they are moving through the NFL uh, would be a disservice, not only to the team, but also to himself. Um, I'm sure he would take a lot of flack for that. Um, you know, if he, if he cares about any kind of a legacy, that could end up being um, his, his legacy, that you ruin um, a magical season for the Dallas Cowboys by making it all about you. And so Tony Romo says, as much as he would like to be out there, as much as he would like to be competing with his guys, as much as he would like to be a part of um, this Dallas Cowboys team, that make no mistake about it, he has been instrumental in building. I mean, he went through a lot of things to get – Uh, to where he is right now, injuries and everything else. Tony Romo has been a very good quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. It's a shame that his legacy and what most folks choose to remember are the, the botches and the bad plays that he's had, you know, starting with the botch snap and a couple of other things that have happened. Um, The truth of the matter is that he's been a very good uh, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And, um, you know, at a point where the team has finally built itself up to being, um, you know, I, in my opinion, the best team in, in the NFL right now, he's not able to be the guy because he was injured and the fourth round draft pick from Mississippi State is just absolutely lighting it up. And it just creates a situation where it's just, this is not Tony's team right now. It's Dak Prescott's team. And he understands that. And though he, and even, you know, while understanding that is not going to go counter to that. I know tons of other quarterbacks that are playing in this league right now that have played in this league before that would put themselves before team in this current situation. So I uh, found newfound respect. Not that I didn't have respect for Tony Romo already. I've just found, I have newfound respect for Tony Romo and his willingness to step aside and allow the rookie quarterback who is um, just operating out of his mind right now to continue with this football team. Having said that, that's going to have nothing to do with what the fans think. And as I was talking on Monday uh, on our weekend rap show with Amo Calamino, the Cowboys have a tough back-to-back coming up with the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants. And should they falter in one or both of those games, Tony Romo's comments yesterday are going to have nothing to do with what the fans say. And, you know, in this day and age of social media where everyone has a voice and everyone can be, you know, a coach and put pressure on, um, there's nothing to stop them from saying, 
Uh, well, I think that's it for Dak. Uh, it's been fun. Let's get Tony Romo in there. It's the fans usually that start this kind of stuff up. And if the fan base was smart, which typically doesn't happen, fans just lead with emotion. So all intellect and you know reason gets suspended uh, as a fan when you suffer a win and a loss. Uh, I fully expect them should that happen, back-to-back losses to Minnesota and New York, for the fans to start talking about Tony Romo. That's when the problem is going to start. It's real easy now to be relaxed because the Cowboys are rolling. What's that, seven, eight wins in a row? And, again, the only loss was by one point in in the opening game, Dak Prescott's first start, one-point loss to the New York Giants. So this is damn near an undefeated football team right now. It's real easy at this point, especially on the heels of a road win uh, versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, for Cowboys fans to accept what Tony Romo said yesterday. It's real easy for them to say Dak Prescott is the guy. But let's see where they are and how they feel if the Cowboys run into some problems against the Giants and the Vikings, or if they run into any problems at any point. Then there will start to be some questions as to whether or not Dak Prescott can be the guy in the playoffs, in those pressure situations of the playoffs. Will the lack of experience be a problem for the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott when they get into the playoffs? Can they handle a Seattle? And you saw what Seattle was about on Sunday night. Went right into Foxborough and got themselves a win. Can Dak Prescott handle the pressure of a Seattle Seahawks defense when it's in full playoff mode? And there'll be some questions about that. And should he falter, the natural reaction is going to be, well, should Tony Romo be in there? Stay tuned, folks. That press conference yesterday by Tony Romo by no means ends any controversy. Trust me. The controversy or the lack thereof is going to lie in the wins and losses and performances of Dak Prescott going forward. So, again, newfound respect for Tony Romo. I think he's going to be an outstanding coach in this league. If that's what he wants to do going forward, he probably should pursue it and sounds and feels like um, this is a guy that's going to be a coach in the NFL one day. And when he tells his team that you need to be uh, unselfish, I think, I think through his experience and what he's done handling this situation would put him in a position where guys really just do need to listen. He'd be a walking example of that. So again, newfound respect for Tony Romo. College football rankings. How about that? Those things cause it caused a stir you got to be kidding me, college football committee, with what you came out with yesterday. Some of you out there are not surprised. This is exactly what you figured that they would do. Um, college football committee, I think, is going to take a lot of uh, heat because it looks like uh, they were all about preserving uh, the matchups that they wanted to see. So you don't drop Michigan out of this thing. You leave Michigan in the top four and you have Ohio state and Michigan because you know, that big matchups coming here in two weeks and boy, wouldn't it draw a lot more eyeballs and be greater for college football. If it's number two, Ohio state against number three, Michigan sounds a whole lot better than number two, Ohio state versus number eight or nine, Michigan, Michigan went and lost to Iowa folks, an unranked football team. And they fell one spot. I'm going to say it again. Michigan lost to an unranked Iowa football team who was beaten 41-14 to by someone this year. 
and they dropped one spot. How about if you're Louisville today? You think for sure the number two, three, and four team in the country fell last week. We're sitting here with one loss. It was on the road uh, by less than a touchdown against Clemson. And really, a game we probably could have won had uh, a receiver realized where he was on the field and, and cut right instead of cutting left. And what you get for all of this is it's like that loss Clemson had against an unranked Pittsburgh team who just got hammered by the University of Miami, never happened. What are we doing? What are you doing, college football committee? What on Clemson's schedule? You know, I've heard someone say it's not so much about your losses, it's about your wins. Uh, What on Clemson's schedule, which win on there, is really blowing these guys away that they would leave them in front of Louisville. Are you doing the whole head-to-head thing? Folks, that game was in Clemson and, uh, sorry, Clemson won by a butt here. What was the bigger injustice? Michigan being, uh, Michigan at three or Clemson being left at four. I'd love for fans to chime in on that one. And again, you could call me on the show today, 347-633-9365. What was the bigger injustice, Michigan at three or Clemson at four? And I know folks are going to want to say, oh, what about the head-to-head, Clemson versus Louisville? I already explained that. Game was in Clemson at night, and I mean, that's as close as a football game can be. But when you're sitting here looking at Clemson and you're looking at their schedule, what on this schedule blows you away? Is it the win over Georgia Tech, the win versus Boston College, NC State? Somebody help me. Syracuse? Are we still going back to that Auburn win way back in in September 3rd? It's not the same Auburn team that you're seeing now. Give me a break. Clemson's been dancing around with – Mediocrity quite a bit this season. 30 to 24 versus Troy. 24 to 17 versus NC State. Needing all of the 60 minutes to beat a Florida State team that Louisville made look like children. Tell me why Louisville is behind Clemson today. I don't understand. Somebody's going to have to help me with that one because I just don't understand it at all. Clearly to me, if I'm doing this, quite frankly, I don't know. I, I might even make Louisville the number two team in the country behind Ohio State, who lost to Penn State. But that's neither here nor there. You can make, a, you can make an argument for either one. But Louisville not being in the top four is something I just don't understand. I don't get it. You got Wisconsin sitting there at seven. They have two losses. I get it. Their losses are to Michigan and Ohio State. Perhaps that was the biggest problem because everyone behind the guys that lost last week, with the exception of Louisville, are sitting there with two losses. And now it becomes very difficult to start leapfrogging them over the guys with one loss. That must have been a hotly contested committee room. That must have been the longest meeting of the year between those committee members Uh, on Tuesday night. And when all is said and done, you've got some things here 
that don't make any sense at all. Hey, if you're a Western Michigan fan, they are sitting there undefeated, as they are, at number 21. I ran into something interesting as it pertains to Western Michigan. I found this fascinating. The six degrees of separation that lie between Western, you're going to find this, just think about this. Western Michigan's an undefeated football team. Obviously, they've not lost to anybody, but let's take a look at this. Let's look at the college football top 10, and it's the six degrees of separation that exists for Western Michigan and how it relates to those top 10 teams. So bear with me on this one. I think I'll I'll probably post this graphic on the Gridiron Stud Show Twitter account later, at GIS Show BG. Again, if you're not following us, shame on you, but head over there and do that right now, at GIS Show BG. Ohio State lost to Penn State. Penn State lost to Michigan. Michigan lost to Iowa. Iowa lost to Northwestern, who lost to Western Michigan. That's the story on your number two team, Ohio State. Number three, Louisville lost to Clemson, who lost to Pitt. Pitt lost to uh, Oklahoma State, who lost to Central Michigan, who lost to Western Michigan. How about number four, Michigan? Michigan lost to Iowa, who lost to Northwestern. That Northwestern team lost to Western Michigan. Your number four team in the country, Clemson, lost to Pitt, who lost to Oklahoma State, who lost to Central Michigan, who lost to Western Michigan. Wisconsin, they lost to Michigan, who lost to Iowa, who lost to Northwestern, who lost to Western Michigan. How about Washington? And this one's long, but follow me on this one. Washington lost to USC, who lost to Stanford. Stanford lost to Washington State, who lost to Boise State, who lost to Wyoming. Wyoming lost to Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan lost to Western Michigan. Oklahoma lost to Ohio State, who lost to Penn State, who lost to Michigan, who lost to Iowa, who lost to Northwestern, who lost to Western Michigan. I think you see where I'm going with this. If you run through the top 10 teams in college football right now, as, um, you know, as laid out by the college football committee yesterday, every last one of those 10 teams have lost to someone and somehow connected to a team Western Michigan beat. Now, I don't know if I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't know if I'm advocating for Washington State to necessarily be in the top 10, but should they be 21st in the country? Should they be that far down? And can we even do anything with connections like that, or is that just faulty thinking? Am I way off base with that one? I mean, how often are you going to see undefeated teams out of the MAC conference, can we throw them a bone? Biggest problem for Western Michigan is their MAC schedule. But I would love to see them against some of these top 10 teams. Clearly, Western Michigan's biggest win this season came against Northwestern on the road in their opener. They did also beat Illinois, who's in the uh, Big Ten, in case you didn't know that. And they beat the hell out of a Central Michigan team that went to Oklahoma State, won at Oklahoma State earlier this year. And it wasn't even a close game when Western Michigan played Central Michigan at Central Michigan. It was a 49-10 to 10 game. Wasn't even close. So can we throw Western Michigan a bone? As I sit here and look at this top 10, 
trying to think about the teams that I think Western Michigan could beat. Could they beat a Colorado? Could they beat a Oklahoma? Maybe, maybe not. Can they beat a Penn State? Maybe if they catch them on uh, maybe if they catch them on the downswing. Wisconsin, maybe not. Might be a little too physical. And then, you know, from six up, I don't think they really have a chance. But in front of them, should Western Michigan be behind a one-loss Boise State? I don't think so. I think Western Michigan would take a loss against Florida State, LSU, and Auburn. For some reason, I think Western Michigan and West Virginia would be a good game. And maybe Western Michigan could have done something against a Southern Cal team that played the first three or four games of this season, but not the current version of the USC Trojans. The USC Trojans right now are playing like a top four or five team in the country. Maybe they took a little too long to get to their current quarterback, something they will have to ponder for quite some time. I need to take a break when I get back, continue with college football and some high school football talk here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back right after this. What's the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. 
Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MYMVPCC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. Hey, this is Dennis Rodman. Let me show you how to break your dick three ways. I was on a boat one time in Dallas, Texas. They go out there all day long, you know, in the sun, drinking, drinking, party, party, party. Go to the bar out there at night, drunk as a mother. This, this, this. My girlfriend, whatever. We in the back, we in the back of the boat, the big king size bed. You know, she said we gotta have sex. She loves sex. So I said, I think I'm gonna try something different. She said, go over there, walk over there. I said, okay, I'll walk over there. She said, I want you to run and jump in my pussy. I said, all right, great. So I go run, run on the boat. And I dive like this. And literally do. I'm like, oh, blood everywhere. I mean, blood everywhere. I mean. That's your boy Dennis Rodman explaining the unexplainable. Someone that we hold up and glorify in our uh, in our society. You ask me what's wrong? Uh, we have no problem with Dennis Rodman sharing a story like that with us. We find it funny. Uh, no one's got a problem. But if Tim Tebow wants to go hit a baseball and play minor league baseball, we have uh, two, three days of coverage talking about how selfish a player he is. He's denying uh, Dominicans from uh, getting an opportunity to play uh, Major League Baseball. Yeah, that's what's wrong with this. I sum it all up in that, the whole Dennis Rodman versus Tim Tebow thing. All right, so I promised you my top five uh, college football. And here's how I, I roll with this whole thing. Obviously, let's not even mess around. Number one is Alabama. Do I need to have much discussion on that? No, I don't. My number two team is Louisville, okay? It's Louisville. There's a whole bunch of guys here with one loss right now. And if you're going to ask me, Louisville losing to what we currently have right now as the number four team in the country um, represents to me the best loss of anyone with one loss. I mean, this just is this making too much sense? Everyone's sitting there with one loss. Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Louisville, Washington State. They're all sitting there with one loss. Louisville lost to the team you currently have ranked number four in the country. And they did so on the road. And it was the closest of close losses. Ohio State lost to Penn State. 
I don't even think Penn State was ranked at the time. Michigan lost to an unranked Iowa. Clemson lost at home to an unranked Pittsburgh team. Come on, stop the BS. How is Louisville sitting there at five? Stop playing games. Louisville should be the number two team in the country. They're number two in my top five. Number three, Ohio State. Okay, Ohio State lost to Penn State. They've come back. They've gotten some pretty decent wins in the uh, hodgepodge of one-loss teams here. A loss to Penn State, who's currently ranked number eight, should trump a loss by Michigan to, you know, Iowa. Or Clemson losing to Pitt at home. So number three is Ohio State. Number four, and this is where it gets tough, four and five for me, because I'm giving you my top five here. You could almost flip a coin here on Michigan and Washington. Again, Michigan losing to an unranked Iowa team who earlier this year, a matter of fact, a week ago, got completely pounded by Penn State 41-14 to and suffered back-to-back losses. I mean, they lost to a four-loss Iowa team. Again, Penn State pounded Iowa 41-14. They lost at home to Wisconsin. They lost to Northwestern. Iowa lost to North Dakota State. Someone explained to me how Michigan is number three in the country and they lost to an Iowa team who lost to North Dakota State. So anyway, uh, Michigan has some good wins, I suppose. So you can flip a coin on that. Michigan four, Washington five, Washington four, Michigan five. Hey, the best thing here is Michigan, Ohio State have to play. If Michigan and Ohio State play to a field goal, I wonder what's going to happen with these rankings. Either way you look at it, folks, there's going to be a problem at the end of this college football season. At the end of when it, when it becomes final rankings time, there's, there are going to be problems. You can bank on that. That's a certainty. You take that to the bank. Because that whole Ohio State-Michigan thing, you know, the college football better pray for a blowout. Much as they would like that to be a great game, one for the ages, they better pray for a blowout because they're going to be in some serious trouble if Michigan and Ohio State play to a last-minute field goal. Just telling you that right now. So for me, I flipped the coin. It landed in Michigan's favor, Michigan four, so I'm going to put Washington five. Hey, why not Wisconsin at five? Washington's got one loss. Um, They've played a fairly tough schedule. Wisconsin's lost twice, folks. And I think people are giving him a little bit too much credit for the LSU win at the beginning of the year. It's not the same LSU team. Or at least we'll find out this weekend. We kind of found out against Alabama, though they played them a little tougher than I thought. Not the same football team. So, you know, looking at Wisconsin's schedule, Michigan State, not what they've been in the past. Iowa, not the strongest team in the Big Ten. Again, four losses, a loss to North Dakota State. Nebraska, um, I mean, decent win. It's close. Nebraska got hammered by Ohio State. I mean, completely obliterated. A Northwestern and Illinois win, I don't know what you do with that. So uh, are are they strong enough wins there for Wisconsin for them to leapfrog a one-loss team? Not in my book. 
Not in my opinion, not quite the way. Uh, maybe some others see it, but that's just how I feel. And we do have a situation where it could be Wisconsin and Penn State. Matter of fact, that is the most uh, that is the most likely situation where we have Wisconsin and Penn State playing in that Big Ten championship game. Let's slide over to college football recruiting. Uh, that's a big thing everyone follows. It's the business that I'm in with the gridiron studs. By the way, if you're a high school football player listening to this on the archive version or you're listening live now and you're the parent of a high school football player, go to the app store right now, put in the search bar, Gridiron Studs, download this app. Stop playing around. You're doing yourself a disservice. Get on this app right now. Have your child go on there. If you're the player, go on there and create yourself a profile right now. Fill it out completely. Add images, but most importantly, Uh, Most importantly, add your highlight video, whether that's a huddle or YouTube, get it on there. Get on there right now. College football coaches are using this app. They're on there looking for players as we speak. And if you're a big-time four-star, five-star player, you also need to use this app because we have fans uh, coming on this app too. And you need to learn how to manage your brand and handle a fan base. And uh, there'll be some some serious uh, advantages to you down the road. So we know how uh, y'all shrug things off as teenagers. We know how you are uh, pressed for time. Um, This is not something to ignore. So whether you're a four or five star or a no star, you need to be on this app right now. Go to the app store, put in gridiron studs in the search bar, download this app right now, fill it out, make a profile today. Five minutes, 10 minutes out of your day. You got time, do it, do it now. All right, with that said, let's talk about rankings. In terms of college football recruiting, as it stands right now, and I'm taking this from rivals, your number 10 team in the country is the aforementioned Michigan Wolverines. I know it's early in the process. Thought Michigan would be a little higher, but here they are. Texas A&M, who's been underachieving lately, sitting there at number nine. Tennessee, who seems to be putting the, who seems to put together pretty good recruiting classes that just don't translate on the field, sitting there at number eight. Number seven, Clemson, who is the lowest ranked of the teams to have five stars. They've got two of them. Clemson's been able uh, – that's probably one of the best things Clemson's been able to do under Dabo Sweeney is recruit. They do a damn good job of it. How about who's number six? How about this? Notre Dame sitting there at number six. Now, they have no five stars, but uh, they are buoyed by the fact that they've got 10 four-stars on – I mean, that's outstanding for Notre Dame, who's having a horrible season. Nevertheless, that Golden Dome power has uh, landed them, as of now, the number six ranking in the country. Number five is Georgia, who's also having a subpar season. But brand-new coach, Kirby Smart, who can recruit, uh, sitting there at number five. Number four, uh, and the rest of these are going to be your usuals. Number four, LSU. Despite the fact that they have an interim coach and not sure who the new coach is going to be, still pulling in recruits, they're sitting there at number four. They have one five-star, a total of 19 commits. Oklahoma is number three, 21 commits. Don't have a five-star. Oklahoma typically in the top ten, top five in the country in recruiting. Number two is Ohio State. We know about what Urban Meyer can do. They've been killing it on the recruiting trail. 17 total commits. Uh, they have the best percentage-wise 
of uh, five stars to total commits. Ohio State has 17 commits as of right now. Four of that 17. Four. I mean, just under 25% of their committed athletes are five stars, according to Rivals rating. And then number one is the the college football team that's number one in everything. I mean, when all is said and done, this will be the greatest dynasty ever in college football. And that's what Nick Saban is doing at Alabama. 22 total commits, five five stars. It just keeps on going and going and going. And that turns me now to my next discussion. Uh, and this is going to be twofold. These two things are going to kind of tie together here. But it was announced yesterday or maybe perhaps the day before. All the days are running together for me. But Butch uh, Davis has been hired as the new head coach at FIU. And I know there are a lot of folks out there that are extremely excited about it. You should be. Brand new coach. Name. He's accomplished something in college football. The architect of the best college football team in history. Don't argue with me if you're a Seminole fan. Don't embarrass yourself. But uh, he is indeed the architect of the greatest football team. He went out and recruited these guys. He deserves the credit for that. Though he did not coach that 2001 team to the uh, championship, he put those guys together. So, you know, go ahead and cue up the scene from Scarface where uh, Tony Montana is in the bathtub asking who put this together. Me, that's who. Yes, Butch Davis. So I can understand the excitement. Here's what, I, here's what I don't need people to do. Don't go overboard with your expectations. Number one, it's FIU. Number two, Butch hasn't been on for a while. Number three, it's been a while since 2001 was the year. Number four, the entire climate of college football recruiting has changed so much from 2001 to 2016. I dare say the change in college football, the changes overall in college football, but especially in recruiting from 2001 to 2016 are wider and more sweeping than any other 15-year period in the history of the sport. So much has changed. Rules, salaries, the internet, recruiting rules. So much has changed in 15 years. So what you have FIU is a coach that's been on the shelf for a while, who's far removed from that great success at the University of Miami, and one who ran into some trouble uh, at North Carolina, where he wasn't able to enjoy the same type of success that he had at the University of Miami, and there'd be a number of reasons for that, but he was no better than an eight and five football coach at North Carolina. And I'm not here to get down on Butch Davis. I'm here to get to this fan base and slow them down a little bit. Because you guys, uh, as I explained it in my short podcast yesterday, fans are like uh, a fat person let loose in a chocolate cake factory. You guys go nuts. You go in there and you just eat and eat and eat and eat. And then eventually you get sick and then you start whining and complaining. You guys set these crazy expectations for coaches and teams and players. And then when those unreal expectations are not met, you turn into a whiny bunch of saps. I've seen it time and again in college football with fan bases. I mean, rarely do you ever, 
as a fan base get to run through that chocolate cake factory and eat and eat and eat and not get sick. And by that, I mean, rarely do you have that hire where you can go overboard on and you get exactly what you expected. That is rare. You got it at Michigan if you're a Michigan fan. You got it at Ohio State if you're an Ohio State fan. I can't even say you got that at Alabama because I don't know that they were expecting really huge things when Nick Saban came to town. Yes, he won a championship with the LSU Tigers. But I don't know that they were talking dynasty. Hopefully he could, you know, turn the tide around. Hopefully we can win a national championship, one or two. I don't know that they were talking crazy like that. I don't quite remember that. But I can tell you with uh, Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh going to Michigan and Ohio State, oh, the talk was big and you got uh, what it is you had asked for. Things are going quite well at those two places. By and large, though, that is not the way things go. And coaches come and go every year and the fan bases go nuts and they have all these expectations. And then when the unreal expectations are not met, they turn into the whiniest bunch of saps all over social media, specifically Twitter. I watched this with the Al Golden era. He turned Temple around. Al gets it. He's doing spring practices um, in another total area code. He's in Tampa having a practice. He gets it. I mean, everything he did was the greatest thing in the world. He showed up at a youth football park. Oh, the greatest thing in the world. This guy gets it. The Canes are back. You put all this kind of pressure on there. And then when the games, when you start losing some games, as, you know, is typical when you're a brand-new coach in a new situation, oh, fire the guy. Eventually leads to planes getting flied over the stadium. Did Al Golden make his mistakes? Oh, absolutely. A ton of them. But part of this was all of the unreal expectations that were put on by fans. And I'm kind of seeing this happen right now with Butch Davis. What are fans going to allow? What's going to be a reasonable expectation for Butch Davis uh, at FIU? Now, granted, he's come out and made some uh, big calls himself, talking about New Year's Day bowl games for FIU. How long before that happens? And how long will the fans give him before they get upset when that doesn't necessarily happen. What's the timetable on that? How long are the fans going to give them? Three years to get to a New Year's Day bowl game? I'd love to know that. If they're FIU fans listening to the show today, I'd love to know how long you're going to give them. 347-633-9365. How long are you giving Butch Davis to make good on that New Year's Day bowl prediction? And I like some of the things he said in his press conference, and press conferences are great. A lot of great things get said in press conferences. That's what they're for. You got to come in there with a splash. How hard are folks going to hold Butch Davis to these things? How long? He's talking about putting together a great staff. Who are those guys going to be? What constitutes a great staff now? I don't even know what that even means anymore. And what are the principles Butch Davis is going to stick to? Is he going to get actual coaches, guys that can make players better? Or is he going to go for the what seems to be in vogue now, and that is get guys that can recruit. And then hopefully, you know, the players can get better themselves or they can coach themselves or whatever it is that uh, people think it is that you is successful in college football. I fall on the development side of things. 
yes, you got to be some kind of a recruiter in this day and age. You just can't be some guy that wants to sit in the office, doesn't want to hit the recruiting trail, doesn't want to go out and get players and just coach whatever. Yeah, you got to have some recruiting acumen and a little recruiting strength. But I really believe in getting yourself a coach that can develop the players. So by that, I mean, don't make the tight end coach a DB coach because he can recruit well. If I'm a parent, I'm not sending my kid to go get coached at DB by a guy who played tight end all his life and has not a whole lot of experience having coached defensive backs. Now, I'm not saying someone who played a certain position uh, as a player can't now coach a different position as uh, a coach. However, you better have shown me somewhere else, perhaps smaller, beforehand, that you can coach that position and turn out successful players and develop successful players. Not that you coach some super talented 18 year old that ended up being a third or fourth round pick and was a decent player. No, I want you to show me where you got a five-star player and he ended up continuing to be a really damn good football player on the next level. Or you got a guy who was not highly considered. You could see uh, where he was as a freshman or a redshirt freshman. You could see that. And then from redshirt freshman to uh, sophomore redshirt junior, you saw the development in this guy. He became better at his craft. He's a more skillful player. He looks like someone um, that's been coached. I fall on that side. Now, you got to have some dogs on your staff in terms of recruiting. Um, you figure out where those guys need to be. I don't think you need more than two of those guys on your staff if they're not going to be pretty solid coaches of the, of the game. One or two of those guys. If you got one, maybe that's your guy that's your closer. You know, you got a big fish on the hook with one of your other coaches on the staff, and they're not as good as in closing a big-time guy, then you send your closer in. I mean, a bunch of businesses have a closer. I have a history in sales. I've been in plenty of rooms making calls as a telemarketer, and there was a guy in a room that was a closer. Hell, I was that closer at a couple of places. You got a good sale on the line. The guy that's on, you know, is having a little trouble. And so you go get the closer. You know, the guy that comes to work with a leather jacket on. He rode in on a motorcycle and he has shades. And he can, you know, he can talk a good game, understands the product or the service, and can convince someone on the other line why they need to uh, go on that vacation or send in that money for that investment or buy that vacuum or encyclopedia or whatever the heck it is that's going on there. And you get him on the phone and with his soothing voice, with his shades on indoors, he closes the sale and that's it. He moves on to the next guy. That's all you need on your staff. You don't need five or six closers on your staff and these guys can't really coach the game. Because what you end up doing is bringing an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old on campus, and you bring a, a star 19-year-old player on there, and he just never turns into a 21-year-old or a 20-year-old college football player. That's a tragedy to me. So the same guy you saw at 18 or 19, is, and he was a really well ahead of the pace at that time, but that's the same player you see exiting out of the program. And he's a free agent, or he's a sixth-round pick or a fifth-round pick. He fizzles out of the league, was never really coached up. Terrible to me, a tragedy to me. Maybe that's just the coach in me. 
So what does that mean? What's when he says he's going to put together a world-class staff? I'm talking about Butch Davis at FIU. What's that mean? Is he going to get players developed? Because that was one of the big things that went on at the University of Miami with that team, uh, the dynasty that they put together. And I'm saying dynasty. It really only yielded one national championship, or really two. But I'm not going to get into a discussion about the flag thrown on that awful night in the Fiesta Bowl uh, 45 minutes after the play was over. So I'm going to just go ahead and say that it yielded two national champions. But aside from the national champions, it yielded uh, the best crop of NFL football players that anyone has ever turned out at any time. But one of the big things that I saw, and I watched it with my own two eyes, were guys that were good football players that left out of the school as great football players. They left out of school better than what they were when they came in. And while that is uh, something that's dying in this game, is that what uh, you know, Butch Davis is going to put together? Because quite frankly, if you're down here in South Florida, that's really all you need to do. There are a ton of outstanding football players that get overlooked that FIU can pick up. And that's, I've been frustrated with FIU's recruiting for, for quite some time. When I see quality football players in South Florida going to uh, Western Michigan, Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, Akron, that bothers. How does that happen? How do you even let that happen? Why are those guys going there and not going to FIU? And you didn't even recruit them. They didn't get an offer. You didn't recruit these guys. The biggest thing Butch Davis could do is stop that from happening. So his own version of a fence that he could put up around South Florida could be stop letting guys, top players, really good football players, go to the MAC. You think South Florida high school football players want to go play in 15-degree weather? I don't think so. Maybe there's a handful that just want to get out of Miami, perhaps, and they so want to get out of Miami that playing in the MAC is more appealing to them than staying anywhere here locally. That's a small percentage. I can tell you as a high school football player and as someone who's involved in seven on seven and runs a recruiting website that talks to a lot of players, that's not the case. They'd love to stay home. They would. Of those type players, not the big time guys that have a ton of options. But the guys with smaller options that are good football players, they are not really gung-ho about going to play in the Midwest where the snow comes down sideways. you got to walk backwards to class, and you're freezing your rear end off. And it frustrates them to no end to not get an offer from an FIU or an FAU. But I'm going to give credit to Charlie Partridge. He's kind of turned that around. He's, he's, he's moving in that direction. And that's going to be another problem for Butch Davis. That crop and group of players now that you would be inclined to go after, you're going to have to battle FAU for them. Because Charlie Partridge and his group is doing a pretty good job of identifying those guys. Could they be better at it? They could, sure. There's always a room for improvement. But Butch Davis is going to have to battle with FAU now. Conversely, FAU is going to have to step up their game in that arena too. Because if Butch Davis is anything like what he was at Miami, yeah, he's going to go find those under, under-recruited guys. But um, what's your staff going to be, Butch Davis? Are you going to be able to take three-star guys and turn them into four, 
five-star, 20-year-old college football players. That's where your success is going to lie. If I start watching Butch Davis put together a bunch of recruiters on his staff, a FIU is not going far. Just letting you know that right now. At a place like FIU, you better have coaches, guys that can teach the game, get to players, get it in their mind, get them turned around, get them to be better football players. That's the only way that's going to happen. Because if FIU thinks they're going to go in there and beat Miami and beat Florida State and beat Florida, four players, they're out of their mind. Not going to happen. You're not going to beat them for four and five-star players. That might happen once every two or three years. There's just too much heat on a player uh, if they decide to do that. You understand the insults that comes a player's way? How he is attacked? If he has a Florida, Florida State, and Miami offer and he chooses FIU, they're going to say you don't want to compete. And you know, peer pressure is a really huge thing for teenagers. So you're not Butch Davis, FIU, FAU, going to beat Florida, Florida State, and Miami for guys. So you're going to have to get those three-star, two-star guys and turn them into players. So the staff watch is going to be big. You better have coaches. And so that slides over into uh, my other part of this. And maybe fans of the University of Miami fans understand this and they're in denial, or maybe they don't. The biggest team hit, the biggest teams, plural, hit by the explosion of the Internet and things like Huddle and Max Preps and Rivals and all these other things, Gridiron Studs, Gridiron Studs app, all these things that have come out to help players, the biggest people hit are Florida, Florida State, and Miami. I dare say the biggest one hit is the University of Miami. Because if you're from Florida, you understand the most talented players in the most talented state are in the southern part of the state. Dade, Broward, Palm Beach. We could go on and on about it. But it's an argument if you want to argue against it. Uh, you're probably going to lose. You know, the third pick overall last year, Joey Bosa's from Broward. Lamar Jackson, who's, uh, you know, one of the front runners for the Heisman Trophy, is from also from Broward, played in Palm Beach. Arguably the best running back in college football right now, Dalvin Cook's from Dade County. All of college football. So the best talent is down here. But with the explosion of the Internet, guys are just not going to willfully go and sit on a deep depth chart. It's just not going to happen. And folks out there can say all the things that they want to say about it. Oh, they just don't, they don't want to compete. That's not what it is. It's not what the story is. So you guys can get that out of your mind. I see that on Twitter. Oh, that guy doesn't want to compete. Why should he? Do that. A lot of these kids come from situations where there's just no money. They're scratching to survive. And if I could go somewhere where I'm going to be featured, and in three years I could change my family's situation, that sounds a whole heck of a lot better than going and redshirting and sitting behind uh, a top-level guy for two, three years and then getting my chance, and then five years later, Hopefully, I've got a shot to make it and change my family. I'd much rather change my family situation in three years than five. That's the reality. Stop with the he doesn't want to compete. So in 2000, 1999 or 2001, when Butch Davis was coaching at the University of Miami, 
you could go and stockpile talent. You can get Sean Taylor to come to the University of Miami and he would, and just the mindset was different, and tell him, hey, you're the baddest man in the world. You just scored 30 something touchdowns um, at Gulliver Prep. You are one of the best high school talents that's ever been down here. But we're going to need you to come to the University of Miami and you're going to need to sit for a little while behind Ed Reed. That will not, does not happen in 2016. Sean Taylor in 2016, given that situation, probably ends up uh, at Florida or Florida State. And if there's no opening there, he'll go to Georgia. He'll go to Alabama. He'll go to LSU. He'll go to Penn State. He'll go to Michigan. He'll go to Ohio State. If that's where the depth chart has the opening. He, and I dare tell you, he knows he's an outstanding football player. And he knows he'll play early at one of those places if, there's, if, if the, the depth chart says so. And from day one, he'll be featured. And from day one, his name will be all over everywhere. Don't forget that part, too. There's so much media coverage of college football now. It's nothing for a guy to sit down at any time in the day and see himself being featured on a show or being talked about. That was not necessarily the case in 2001. You might have had a college football talk show that would feature a guy once or twice a week, and you'd have to be sitting in front of the TV at 730. A guy could go sit in a lounge right now in the player's uh, facility, in the locker room at 12 noon, waiting for practice, and see himself being talked about on TV in one of the big flat screens that they now have in college football locker rooms. 2001, you didn't have that. You're sitting in the locker room. eh, There wasn't no flat screen sitting there running 24 hours on ESPN. So that's also a lure. These guys want to see themselves being featured. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to go sit on a couch for two, three years and watch everyone else in my locker room going off. And I know I'm super talented. Man, I can go to one of these other schools. I can go far away as TCU or USC if the talent, if they have a, a, you know, an opening in their depth chart. And I can play right away and I can sit down on that couch getting ready for practice and see my face, my name, my place plastered everywhere. This is before we even talk about the NFL contracts. These players now can go search out depth charts. They can find depth charts and rosters. I mean, the fact that rosters are available online, not the biggest deal. You can find depth charts right now online. These guys are going to do their research. 1999, you know how you found a depth chart? You had to go ask. You had to go call the school or wait till you went on your recruiting visit to get the media guide from the school, a book, and look through it. And maybe there's a depth chart in there or you'd have to piece it together. And that's just not enough time for you to do your research. You'd just as soon stay with the local school. Now you can find a depth chart online. So do I go to the University of Miami that has two or three running backs that are young? They've got a freshman. They've got a redshirt freshman and a sophomore already there. Or could I go to Michigan where they've got a junior that's probably going to come out and a senior who a guy that's going to be a senior next year who hasn't played that much. And then me coming in. What do you think they're going to choose? 
the biggest thing the University of Miami had in 2001 was depth. You happen to run and hit the knee of a Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee's coming in. You twist his knee, Frank Gore's coming in, and you didn't want Frank Gore in the football game. Ed Reed ran into somebody and hurt his shoulder and jogged off the field. Sean Taylor was coming in. Even in 1999 in a hotly contested quarterback battle, you know, Kenny Kelly got hurt. Some dude named Ken Dorsey came in and led them to a national championship. That's not the situation there anymore, and I've laid it out to you. So, you know, fans, just understand how things have changed and that it's it, the, the U is back and that dynasty and that what we had in the 80s and 90s, extremely difficult to come back. You got to understand that. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, I'll continue this discussion, talk a little high school football uh, when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show. Back right after this. No matter how hard you try, you can stop this now. No matter how hard you try, you can stop this now. Sure, someone's gone, winch is here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen-printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. It's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.
All right, we're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show, Wednesday edition. We're back for the final segment. Uh, folks, health care, very important for you and your family. Now is the time to get free health insurance for you and your loved ones. Primary care insurance is now enrolling individuals into their Obamacare insurance plan. So call 954-278-8696. That's correct. Free health insurance Obamacare is now available from November 1st to January 31st. It's urgent that you call today, though, 954-278-8696. Tell them you heard it on the Gridiron Stud Show. Open enrollment only comes once a year. This means that the government is willing to pay for your health insurance needs. You need to get on top of this right now. Do not miss out on your opportunity. The time to get free health insurance for you and your family is now. Please call 954-278-8696. Again, the number is 954-278-8696. Tell them Gridiron Studs sent you. Uh, you can also visit their website, OptimumNationalInsurance.com. Again, OptimumNationalInsurance.com. Go get your free health insurance right now. Open enrollment is here. Take advantage of that. All right. Getting back to uh, the talk here on the Gridiron Stud Show, high school football and uh, college football recruiting. I uh, just finished my little rant there about um, the differences now uh, when Butch Davis was the coach at the University of Miami and um, what it is now. And this applies both to Butch Davis being the coach now at FIU and then the University of Miami football program. As fans continue to, you know, build up these very high expectations and uh, get disappointed each and every year. And maybe some of you out there are thinking about what I said in the last segment and are saying to themselves, well, Alabama seems to have no problem stockpiling talent and getting players um, to come and sit behind other young, talented players. And LSU doesn't seem to have that problem, and it doesn't look like Ohio State is having that problem. I'm going to tell you something about those three places and others like it. There are college football towns. They get tremendous support from the fan base. Um, we could go ahead and say it. There's nothing else to do in Tuscaloosa, Baton Rouge, Columbus, Ohio, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Nothing else to do there. The biggest problem we have down here with attendance and a fan base in, uh, in South Florida is there are many options when it comes to a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday night. The Grove, South Beach. Fort Lauderdale Strip. I mean, they're rebuilding Hollywood and Hallandale. You have a ton of options when it comes to spending your entertainment dollars. These are the facts. A lot of things you could do on a Saturday. And so the whole town isn't built around the college football program or the college. Not like it is in some of these other places. So it has created uh, an outstanding college football atmosphere and experience for these players to where some of them may suspend um, some of their thoughts about getting in and out in three years and say, hey, listen, maybe I'm not – maybe I don't end up being a first-round pick, but I'm going to go to Alabama uh, and I'm going to have a tremendous college football experience. The stadium is going to have 80,000, 90,000 people per game in it. The only way you pack the house here at the University of Miami is to get Florida State or a Florida here, an arch rival here, preferably from in-state, or if the team is undefeated and kicking rear end. You guys out there know that what I'm saying is true. 
when the University of Miami was undefeated early part of the season, got the brand-new coach, Mark Rick. Attendance is up. We had, I don't know, I need to look it up, but I think we were around 60,000 at a game. It was not the case when North Carolina came to town after the Florida State loss. It was not the case uh, when Pitt came to town after a four-game losing streak. Does that happen in Madison, Wisconsin? Does that happen in Happy Valley? No, there's nothing else to do. You're going to go support the local college football team, even if they're not winning the way that you want them to. What else are you going to do in those places? Everything's centered around and built around the college football team. When are you going to go to the bar? The bar is all about Wisconsin football in Madison. Whatever bar you're going to, it's going to be about the game. It's not the case here. You can go to certain parts of South Florida on a Saturday night when the Canes are on, and you wouldn't even know the Canes were playing. You can go somewhere and there's a soccer match on between Argentina and Brazil. They have college. They have, they have international soccer, like watch parties at some of the bars down here. Like Colombia's playing a big soccer game. They're going to load into certain bars down here, and, and they're, they're watching that. And if there's a University of Miami game going on, you would not know it. That does not happen in Tuscaloosa or Baton Rouge Austin, Texas, it doesn't happen in those places, folks. That's the reality. So that's what's hurting the University of Miami right now. They're just other options. The same thing goes on at USC. I was out there. I lived in L.A. They weren't going to USC football games at the time that I was, you know, making my way out of there. Yeah, USC, UCLA, big draw. They weren't, you know, they weren't in a national title hunt. They weren't packing a house at the Rose Bowl for UCLA. They weren't piling in the Coliseum to watch USC. Not like they were when they were on their title runs. There's just a whole lot of other things to do in Los Angeles, California. You don't need me to tell you that. So when it becomes a thought of, well, you know, do I go down to LA Live or do I go watch USC maybe, you know, beat Washington or Utah? Man, sometimes... The, the, the Trojans game doesn't win. So now these other places that are college towns have the upper hand in this internet era. They have the upper hand, folks. They just do. So what do we do about it? That's a discussion I'm going to save for another time. How about that for a tease? How do we combat that to get things back to where um, we can stomach them? I'm not going to sit here and tell you we could turn this thing back into 1983 through 91. I'm not going to sit here and tell you 2001 can happen again. I'm not saying it can't, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you it can. I'm just telling you um, there are some ways we can get it to where we're in an ACC championship game annually, and we're in that college football playoff ever so often. Let's face it, only Alabama is the only one that really has an opportunity to win that thing every year right now. It's not going to always be that way. Dynasties for everyone are going to be hard now with a college football playoff. Best believe that. But how do we get to that point? That's the discussion that I'm going to save for a later time. High school football coming up. 
uh, on Friday. And as you know, I have my Football Friday edition of the uh, Gridiron Stead Show where we talk college football. Joshua Wilson coming on again. I want to have Larry Bluestein join me this week. As, you know, obviously, we want to talk about uh, the games down here that are very important in South Florida, Palm Beach, Dade, Broward County. Joe Pinkos has his power ratings and uh, has his predictions each and every week. Let's run through these right now. Class 8A. Let's talk about the things that uh, the, the teams that are um, most important for us. Pinko says Palm Beach Gardens is a one-point favorite to beat Delray Beach Atlantic High School. Here's a shocker in this one. In Region 3, Pinkos likes Deerfield Beach by eight over Flanagan. Little surprised by that. Likes him by over a touchdown over Flanagan. Down in Region 4, he likes Coral Gables by three over Columbus in the rematch. Remember, Columbus won the uh, first meeting this year. Pinkos likes Southridge to continue running through the, t- uh, the teams down south. Likes him by 24 over Miami Palmetto. Going to be interesting to see. Uh, what Southridge can do when they start running into uh, the heavy, the more heavy-handed teams, and that would happen next week when they take on either Coral Gables or Columbus. That's going to be a good game. Fully expect Southridge, like Pinkos does, to beat Palmetto. But the Southridge versus either Coral Gables or Columbus game, that's going to be one to watch. Class 7A, Pinkos like St. Thomas by 15 over Dwyer. I don't know enough about Dwyer this year to know if that's even going to be a game. But how about this? MacArthur by 14 over Matter Academy. MacArthur, they've been dormant for a while. Pinkos likes them to win their second playoff game and get to the third round where they would likely face St. Thomas. Amazing. Class 6A. Pinkos clearly likes Mainland uh, to beat Sebastian River, likes him by 28. But in what could be the game of the weekend, Pinkos likes Cal City by two over Northwestern. Now, Northwestern won the first meeting, so he likes the rematches. He likes the teams that lost in the rematches so far. But he likes Cal City by two over Northwestern. Did you hear me out there, folks? You West fans. My, man, my buddy Joe Pinkos likes Cal City by two over your Northwestern Bulls. Dropping down into Class 5A, Region 4. Pinkos is uh, predicting a war between Palm Bay and Bishop Moore. Likes Palm Bay by one over Bishop Moore. And in the uh, clash between American Heritage and Cardinal Gibbons, he doesn't pick the loser of the first meeting in this game to pull the upset, but he likes a closer game than it was the first time. American Heritage beat Cardinal Gibbons 29-9. First game, Finkos thinks it's closer this time, has Heritage by 10 over Cardinal Gibbons. Class 4A, it's all about Booker T. He likes, uh, Pinkos likes Booker T by 14 over Edison. And jumping up in Region 3, he likes Coco over Jones. So he likes a Coco versus Booker T-Washington matchup. How many times have we seen that over the years? Class 3A likes Oxbridge by 13 over Chaminade. And in the Battle of Central Catholics in Region 3, he likes Melbourne Central Catholic over Clearwater Central Catholic by 14. Class 2A, Pinkos thinks Chaminade Catholic's run comes to an end, likes First Baptist by 7. 
And for those who care over in Class 1A, uh, Pecos likes Trenton by three over Pahokee. Let me jump real quick over to the University of Miami recruiting class. Currently, uh, that class is ranked 13th by rivals. Not bad for, you know, a first really big-time class, you know, fully recruited class by Mark Richt. One of the good things the Canes have been able to do in recent history is be able to get a number of quality quarterbacks in with each class. You just kind of let things play out. Nikosi Perry, Cade Weldon, two good quarterbacks. Nikosi Perry from uh, from Vanguard, good-looking prospect, as is Cade Weldon. Both tall guys that can throw the ball around. Robert Burns, the only committed prospect. And Burns has been kind of quiet. Certainly a physical specimen and a talent. I've saw him um, at the Nike Regionals. I mean, he tests off the chart. Um, tremendous eye candy. 5'11", 215, well put together. A guy that you know hits the weight room. But um, been kind of quiet. Kevon Dingle from Carroll City. Part of a very good Carroll City team that has a chance to go far in the playoffs. Davon Donaldson, a huge prospect, pretty intelligent kid, kind of flirting with some other schools right now, some rumors uh, going around with him possibly flipping from the University of Miami. So they're going to have some work to do there, but 6'5", 330 pounds from Miami Central. Central is like the old school Carroll City. They, uh, they, they somehow seem to be able to stockpile the big offensive linemen. Back in my day, Carroll City was the one doing that. Jonathan Ford, a four-star guy out of Dillard. I mean, Dillard had some talented football players this year, and Ford is one of them. So that's definitely a good pickup. Got to keep, got to keep the defensive line going. Wayne Steed suffered an injury. Uh, man, a kid played on a torn ACL all year. How's that for toughness? So he's going to come in injured, but uh, future is bright for this very athletic. Uh, young man can move around. Big pickup earlier this month, last week with DeAndre Wilder, six three, two hundred two pounds, damn good football player. As is Trajan Bandy. Now many will talk about his size. At uh, they list him at five ten, probably not that. Hundred eighty pounds. This guy plays with his hair on fire. He moves like a missile out there. And for someone like myself that coaches defense, this guy can play for me any day. He gets to the football. Billy Gibson, part of a damn good uh, Southridge defense that just posts shutouts every week. Got to like it. So it's a pretty good class. It's been put together. The troubling thing, though, is uh, the number of decommits that they've had. It's uh, something that's been going on with Miami for, uh, you know, dating back to the Al Golden days, something that I think the current staff is going to have to wrap their minds around, get their heads together on it, try to figure out why that's happening, and slow that down, if not stop it entirely. The decommits are never a good look when they start piling up. So there you have it. All eyes on uh, Butch Davis at FIU. 
really for me, it's the staff. I just want to see the staff that gets put together. Are we putting together guys that uh, are can coach? And again, I'm going to say it: you can't just have coaches. You do have to have recruiters, guys that can coach and recruit. But again, you know, you know, you don't need a bunch of closers, man. You just need guys. Uh, one or two that could close out, but you need guys that can develop talent. That's going to be huge for FIU. Just That's just the way that it – don't argue with me on that. It's going to be huge. Nevertheless, uh, we'll reach the end of a, another great Gridiron Stud show. Programming reminder, I'm back on again tomorrow. It's the big three in the state. As I have my guest on, and we talk Florida State, Florida, and University of Miami football here on the Gridiron Stud show tomorrow. And again, also the Football Friday edition. You don't want to miss that. It's the best thing you'll hear all week. Emil Calamino and I break down the college football matchups. We give you our predictions. We also talk NFL football, the relevant matchups coming up, any issues that come up in the NFL. We give you our predictions. Also, the fantasy football focus. Man, he and I have been pretty much on fire in that. So if you're a fantasy football guy, um, you certainly want to listen to what it is we have to say on the fantasy football focus. I also go in-depth in high school football, talking the matchups around the state. Joshua Wilson will be on with me. And I may have another guest on with me as well. So appreciate you listening to the show today. Thank you for making this a feature show on blogtalkradio.com. Thank you very much for listening. I'm back on tomorrow at 10 a.m. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. Weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.